Is that better? Yes, it is. You can hear me. Good. Uh, well, it's, uh, thank you, Jerry, very much for your welcome. And it's, um, it's always a great delight to be at uh, St. John's because um, I've uh, sort of got to watch the church grow over the last few years, both before I was bishop and uh, seeing Graham Singh coming here and then Jerry taking over, Jerry and Camilla, and uh, just to see the church grow and to see so many of you here, both at the 9 o'clock and uh, at uh, this service as well. It's always a great encouragement, great encouragement for a bishop uh, to come to a church that's full of people and full of life and full of energy. And so it's a, it's a great blessing for me uh, to be here as well. Uh, today, so thank you so much for your um, for your presence and your welcome, for, and for all that you do uh, in the name of Christ in this community. It really does mean a lot. So um, I've got two readings today that I want to focus on, and uh, I want to read uh, those uh, to you now as we get into our theme for this morning. And um, the first one is from uh, Matthew chapter 12. It's a few verses uh, from that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 35, and this is what it says. So these are the words of Jesus. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. So there's our first reading. Second one is a verse from 1 Peter chapter 2, and it's this. For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So with those two readings in our minds, let us pray as we begin to um, think together. Lord Jesus, we pray that as we open the scriptures, we pray that your word may indeed shed light upon our lives and our path, that as we go from here today, we would know your light shining in us and through us, more and more as each day goes by. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What if you ever think, why do we do this? Why do we do this thing called church? Why do we come here on a Sunday? Why do we do all the stuff that we do during the week? Why do we do church? What is the purpose of the church? Well, to get an answer to that question, that second second reading we had a few moments ago from 1 Peter 2, it always gives us an answer to that question because it tells us what the church is. So you can imagine if Peter were here and he was speaking to you, to St. John's, this morning, he would be saying this. He would be saying, you are a chosen race. You are a royal race priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's own people here in Hampton Wick. That's who you are. You and I in some way, for some strange reason, have been chosen by God for his purposes in the world. And what are those purposes of the world? Well, it goes on to say, it says, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the reason we do this thing is that we have been chosen to proclaim the mighty acts of God. That's what we're here to do. Now, next question, of course, is who are we to proclaim the mighty acts of God to? And the answer is really, I think, that there are two audiences to this. One is that we are called to proclaim the mighty acts of God to God. We are to proclaim to God his own greatness. Not because he needs to know it, because he knows it already, but because we need to do it. 
We need to be reminded again and again of how good God is. And so that's what we've been doing today. And that's the first calling of the church. It's worship, declaring the mighty acts of God to God. And so what we've been doing today is right at the heart of our calling as human beings and as Christians to worship God, to declare the mighty acts of God to God. But there's another audience. And that is that we are called to declare the mighty acts of God, not just to God, but to the world outside the church. We have to declare the mighty acts of God to people who don't know about them yet, or who know about them, but they don't know that they're the mighty acts of God. And that second bit is all about witness. Now, these two things, worship and witness, that's basically what the church is about. That's what it's here for. And pretty well everything the church does comes under one or the other of those headings. It's either about worship or it's about witness. Now, I want to think a bit about that second part of what the church is here for this morning. We are called to declare the praises of God to the world. We're called to bear witness to all that God has done in Jesus Christ and all that he's done in our lives. That's what we're here to do. We're called to declare the praises of God to God. We, now, we witness to that in all kinds of ways. We witness to it in our, in our lives, in our actions, in our works of compassion to our local communities. But we also do it through the words that we speak. We also do it through bearing witness by sharing our faith with others. And that's what I want us to think about this morning, how we do that how we go about sharing our faith with others. And I guess, if we're honest, when we think about that, we often get a little bit, oh, gosh, that's a bit difficult. I find that quite hard to do. Um, anyone find that quite hard to do, sharing your faith with other people? It's not the easiest thing, is it? Uh, and we often do it in a context, don't we? We often do it in a context of um, a sense that the church is slightly on the back foot, that we're, you know, struggling a little bit. Every newspaper article that comes out about the Church of England has to have the, the phrase, empty pews. It's sort of compulsory. Journalists have to put that phrase in there. Or declining congregations. Um, it's interesting, actually, when you think about it, apparently more pubs have closed than churches in the last 20 years. But you don't have many articles about declining interests in alcohol. <laughs> I don't know quite how that works, but anyway, it does. So we're in this context of, you know, we're aware that the church is struggling in many places. Thankfully, not here, but in many places uh, it is. I met um, recently with a group of Chinese Christians. They were over here. Um, looking at different aspects of the church in, in, in Britain. And as you know anything about the church in China, uh, you'll know that you know, back in about the mid-1970s, at the end of the Cultural Revolution, it was really very small. It had a really, really difficult time. But now the church in China is just enormous. Uh, we're talking about um, vast numbers of millions of Christians there. And they reckon within 20, 30 years, China will be the biggest Christian country in the world. And I, I, so I took the opportunity, I got you know, a group of Chinese Christians in, in a room, and I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to know the answer, what's the secret? What's the secret of the way that the church has grown in China, from what it was to what it is now? And the leader of this group said, well, it's really very simple. I said it in a Chinese accent, which I can't do, but um, he said it's really very simple. Um, the reason why the church in China has grown is because every single Christian in China knows that it's their responsibility to pass on their faith to their neighbors and their friends. It's just what we do. We just expect to do it. And I was reflecting how far that is from where we are in the Church of England. We don't tend to think it's actually our responsibility to pass on our faith. It's kind of what some people do if they're good at that kind of thing. Um, but most of us don't really do it very much. So if this is the key to how the church will be revived and growing, that just that simple task of every single Christian 
thinking, how can I pass on my faith to someone else? I want to think about that a little bit this morning and how we do it. Incidentally, I'm not worried about the survival of the Church of England. Um, God can take care of that. Um, the reason why we share our faith with others is not because we want to save the Church of England. Um, we want to pass on our faith to others because we want people to know about Jesus Christ. We want people to know the goodness of knowing him. That's what I'm concerned about. Um, God can take care of the Church of England. I do like the Church of England. I, I want it to survive too. That's good. But that's the main thing. So now, how do we do this? How do we go about this? Now, just for a moment, um, I want you to... Um, uh, forget, forget church for a moment. We've been thinking about church, but just put that to one side. Uh, what I want you to do is to um, think about something that you're interested in, something that you love doing. Okay? So, and this is not going to church. You might love going to church. I hope you do love going to church, but not, you're not thinking about that right now. You're thinking about something that you love doing or that you love as part of your life. Something that, you know, if you had a free evening or a free day, that's what you'd do with it. It might be, you know, you are a great fan of music. You love classical music, or you love jazz, or you love, you know, um, folk music, or you love, well, you know, whatever it might be. It might be music. It might be sport. It might be rugby or cricket or football or something like that. It might be a particular football team that you love. It might be your family. It might be your grandchildren or your grandparents or your spouse. It might be someone that in your life that you uh, absolutely love spending time with. It might be, um, you don't have to do that one, by the way, and, you know, that's all right. Um, it might be, you know, motorbikes, it might be knitting, it might be Tibetan folk dance, it can be anything you like. Um, so you've got that in your mind, hopefully something is, all of you got something that you just love doing, just think of what that thing might be, all right? Now what I want you to do is to turn to your neighbor, ideally someone you don't know that well, so if you're sitting next to your spouse, probably just find someone else, because they probably know about that already, and I want you to explain to that person what it is about that thing that absolutely makes you love it. So if your thing is Tibetan folk dance, what is, it about, what is it about Tibetan folk dance that really fires your heart and gets you out of bed in the morning and makes you want to do it time and time again? Okay, is that, is that all right? Can you do that? So just turn to um, one other person, ideally someone you don't know that well, and explain to them what it is about that thing that makes you love it. Off you go.
Okay, if you haven't done already, swap over and get the other person to talk to you. Okay, shall we um, come back together? All right. Just come back together again. Good. Okay, well, let's get a little bit of a feel around the rooms to the kind of things you were talking about. So what, what, were, you, uh, what were you trying to explain about to other people? Anyone? Jogging. Okay, a bit of gentle jogging in the morning. Very good. Yeah. Tennis. Very good. Anyone tennis? Any else of tennis? A few tennis people. Very good. Anything else? Dancing. Yeah, Strictly Come Dancing. Full room. Sorok. Very, very, very good. Sorok. Yeah. If you want to go dancing, this is the one. What is that? Karate. Oh, gosh, scary. <laughs> I'll keep my distance over here. Karate. Brilliant. What else do we have? Robots. Ah, robots. Very good. Okay. Glad I can't do that. And skiing. Okay. Lots of skiers around here. Okay. So lots of things around the room. Um, I'm sure there's lots of things we could we, we, we spoke about here. Now, um, let me ask you something about that um, experience. Did you find that easy to do? Was that okay? You could do that relatively easily. And uh, as you were listening to the person who was explaining, were you convinced that they were passionate about what they were talking about? They were able to convince you. They were able to communicate that uh, to you. Okay, that's pretty good. And um, um, when you were listening to uh, someone else, let's just, let's just see if this happens tonight, today. Um, did anyone, when they were listening to the other person telling them about their thing, did anyone think, ooh, I might try that? Anyone doing that? A few of those? Okay, what things were you, were you, were you drawn to? Okay, so there's a few people who, you know, who did actually begin to think, yeah, this is something I might try for myself. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, last one, last question. Did you find that easier or harder than talking about your faith? Easier? Harder? Okay, it's easier, isn't it? It's a little bit easier doing that kind of thing that it is talking about our faith. Now, let me just think about a couple of things that maybe emerges from that, um, that experience. Because I guess what I want to suggest today, that talking about our faith is actually much more similar to what you've just done than we often think it might be. Because the first thing to learn about sharing your faith is somehow learning that this is more about a journey than a battle. Very often when we talk about our faith, we think it's about, you know, we've got all these opinions, these ideas, and we've got to sort of convince the other person of the ideas, and they don't believe the ideas, and, and you get into a kind of slightly confrontational kind of battle with them, don't you? 
and you kind of think, I've got to have all the answers to all the questions that they might ask me, and what if they say, why does God allow suffering, or what about other faiths, or what about this or that or the other, and I'm not going to be able to answer, and, uh, and I'm going to get into an argument. We often think it's a little bit like a confrontation. In our, one of our songs a little bit earlier on, we were talking about how um, God fights our battles for us. And the good news about that is that God fights our battles so we don't have to. But as you're sharing our faith, it's not actually about a battle, it's about a journey. It's about saying to someone else, look, I'm on a journey through my life just like you are. We're both on a journey through life. And I have found something in my journey of life that I have found extraordinarily helpful and enriching and, and, and wonderful. And I want to share that with you so it can help you on your journey through life. A little bit like what you've just been doing a few moments ago, because what you were doing with your friend was to simply to say, I'm on a journey through life, and I've found something that has really enriched my life. It might be jogging, it might be tennis, it might be eating pizza, or it might be whatever it might be. You know, that's really enriched my life, and you were sharing that. And a few of you thought, yeah, that might enrich my life too. And so, you, so what you were doing is you were coming together on your journey in life, and you were sharing something about what you found that has helped you on that journey. So I want to suggest sharing our faith is very much like that. It's you coming alongside another person. You're on your journey, they're on their journey, and you sharing something that you have found that has really enriched your journey through life. And that can be a little bit easier than that sense of confrontation that we sometimes have when we go into talking about our faith. So there's the first thing about um, this whole approach. Um, I'm often struck by that moment where Jesus when he is resurrected from the dead, he meets those disciples on the road to Emmaus. And as he comes to them, and he has a conversation, and they believe that Jesus is dead. They think the end of the story has come. They think that's it. Um, and uh, you can imagine Jesus coming into that situation, wanting to convince them that, no, no, it's, no, it's not true. It's not the end of the story. I, I've risen from the dead. And he thought he might have said to them, like, it's me, you idiots. Because, of course, they don't recognize him. But he doesn't do that at all. He comes alongside them and he opens the scriptures and he gradually has a conversation with them and as time goes on, suddenly their eyes are opened and they realize. And that's very much what we're doing when we share our faith with people. Second thing um, that I think we learn from that experience, first is that it's a journey, not a battle. But the second thing that we learn from that is to rediscover the wonder of our faith. Very often, if we're honest, the reason why that experience sharing about rugby or tennis or grandchildren or whatever else it might have been, the reason why that was easier is because actually we really do love doing it. It's, we're just full of it. It's a passion of ours. And very often our Christian faith doesn't quite hold the passion that it maybe once did. Now this is where that reading we had a little bit earlier on from Jesus speaks to us. In that reading, Jesus talks about trees and fruits. And he says that good trees tend to bring good fruit, bad trees tend to bring bad fruit. And there's this line at the mid in the middle of what Jesus says there. And the line says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Not that the mouth should speak what the heart is full of, but the mouth does speak what the heart is full of. When you think of you have a conversation with a friend, you go out for a drink or a coffee or have a chat with someone at work or whatever it might be. What, what do you speak about? You think about, you speak about what your heart's full of. 
If you're anxious about something, you speak about that. If you're anxious about your job or your home or your future or your children or your parents, you speak about that. Now, if you're really full of something, you've seen a film that you really loved the last week, isn't it? you talk about that because your heart is full of it. Our mouths speak what our hearts are full of. Out of our mouths come the things that really matter to us. And very often the reason we don't talk about our faith is because maybe it's become a little bit less important to us than it once was. It's often struck me how the best people at speaking about Christian faith are often those people who've only just become Christians. They've never been to any course on evangelism. Um, but it's just natural and it's obvious because they've discovered this thing that's new. And it's so wonderful, they just want to talk about it. And they're not ashamed by it. We kind of learn that as time goes on, don't we? We get a few knocks back in our, in our faith. And maybe faith becomes a little bit routine, a little bit dull for us. And our heart is not full of it, therefore it doesn't come out of our mouths. And so a crucial part of sharing our faith with others is to rediscover the wonder of our faith. Now how do we do that? Well, a little, little exercise for you. I want to think, think for a moment. Again, back to our question. Why do you come here? Why do you keep coming on a Sunday to St. John's? Why do you not give up? Because you could. You could decide this week, I'm not going to go to church anymore. But I hope you won't. I hope you'll be back next week. But why do you do that? Why do you pray? Why do you keep going in the Christian faith? Or put it differently, what is the best thing about being a Christian for you? Now that, not what do you think should be the best thing about being a Christian, but what is the best thing about being a Christian for you? And I want to think about that for a moment. Now that might be all kinds of things. It might be the knowledge that your sins and mistakes are forgiven. It might be the promise of life beyond this one. It might just be coming to Holy Communion and taking the bread and the wine as that gift of Christ to you. It might be just the fellowship of being part of a church like this. It might be the gift of prayer and the ability to kind of offer all your anxieties and cares to God whenever you have them. It might be all kinds of different things. So can I ask you to think about that for a moment? What is the best thing for you about being a Christian? And you know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor, the same person you were talking to earlier on, and try to explain to them what's the best thing for you about being Christian. And if you're here today and you think, well, I'm not a Christian or I'm not sure whether I am or not, think about what might be the best thing. What, you know, if you were a Christian, what do you think would be the thing that would uh, draw you into this and, and, and attract you most about Christian faith? Can you do that? Okay. So what's the best thing for you about being a Christian? Um, just turn to your neighbor and just explain a little bit about that and try and explain to them. And then again, in a couple of minutes' time, turn that round.
Okay. Should we uh, come back together again? All right. Should we um Should we come back? Okay, well, let's do the same thing. What kind of things were you talking about um, around the room this morning? Okay, a fresh start, forgiveness. Okay, so being able to forgive others and to yeah, having a new start yourself and giving others a new start too. Brilliant, great. Other things as well? Sorry? Peace. Yeah, there's the peace of heart that, that, that knowing God can bring. Brilliant, great, thank you. Okay, purpose. A sense of direction in life. But again, so many people don't have any particular sense of purpose in life today. Yeah. Sharing? Yeah, okay. Yep. Brilliant. That's good. It's fantastic. Feeling safe. Yeah, in a very unsafe world, the sense of security that Christian faith can bring. Okay, God being for us. Okay, we're in a world where the God who created it is for us, not against us. We were singing that earlier on, wasn't we? Fantastic. Yeah, okay, just the acceptance of who you are, that God loves you as you are, um, doesn't want you to stay as you are, wants you to grow into all that he has for you and so on. It could be all kinds of things. I mean, for me, I think it's just that knowledge that whatever I'm anxious about, I don't have to stick with that and worry over it and internalize it. I can offer it to God and I can relax because I can know that's there with him. Uh, just that place of knowing that the world makes sense because Christian faith sort of makes sense. That's kind of important. But you know, it can be important for different, people, different kind of people. Now, um, did you find that easy to do? Is that okay? You could do it. You see, you can. You didn't think you could earlier on. You were all saying how difficult it was. It's not actually that difficult to talk about something that really matters to you. And I want to suggest that's really what we're doing when we're talking about our faith. We don't have to know all the answers to all the difficult questions. Because if people bring up those questions, all you, you, the great thing is we've got this thing called Alpha. And you can say, well, you know, I don't always know how to answer these questions. But why don't you come along to this group where you can really discuss this with other people? It's a great way to kind of explore those things. But just like earlier on, you know, when what happened around the room was that just a few people began thinking, you know, as you communicated what you were passionate about, and they started thinking, oh, I might try that. I might need a bit of that for myself. The same thing might happen as you talk about your faith to other people. Now, let me just close with two or three little kind of hints on this. First thing, if you're going to do this, be curious. Be curious about other people. Because, again, it's not a battle. It's not you having people and telling them lots of things. It starts with you asking questions. Ask questions of someone else. You might want to ask questions like, um, do you ever pray? It's amazing how many people pray. And we're told, you know, more than half the population pray on occasion. You might want to ask that. You might want to ask the question, you know, do you think of yourself as a spiritual person? Again, most people tend to do that. And, you know, then, okay, well, what does that mean for you? Or, um, you know, when you ask the question, you know, do you pray? You know, who do you pray to? This happened with my, my hairdresser. A little while ago, I was having my hair cut, and um, I have a, a lovely, really kind of warm sort of Muslim hairdresser, and uh, 
And I said to him, you know, do you, do you ever pray? And he said, well, not very often, really. Um, and I said, well, do you sometimes pray? And he said, well, sometimes I do. And I said, well, you know, who, when, you, when you're praying, who, who do you think you're praying to? And he said, well, I don't really know, really, because you know, I'm sort of, sort of praying to God, but I don't know much about him. And so I said, well, you know, I, I, I pray quite a bit, and I, I, I pray to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's, he's, well, I've been, always been interested in Jesus. I don't know much about Jesus, though. I said, well, have you ever read a, one of the stories of Jesus, the Gospels? He said, no, no, I've never read one at all. I said, I'll tell you what, next time I come and get my hair cut, I'll bring a Gospel. And that's, that's what I've got to do. Next time I go and have my hair cut, bring along a Gospel so I can share to him. And just that, out of that simple conversation, out of that simple question, uh, arose a conversation. So be curious with people. Um, see where the conversation goes. And in the context of that conversation, second thing, tell your story. Now, it might be appropriate to tell your story about how you came to faith, but that might be a little bit difficult in the conversation. But it might be the thing you want to do is to share the very thing that you've been speaking about to your neighbor today. So one of the questions you might ask is, you know, well, how, do you, how do you cope with the difficult things in life? How do you cope when life is really, really hard? And they'll say what they say. And that might give you the opportunity to say, well, the way I cope with the difficult things in my life is I, is I pray. And I, I just find that an amazing comfort. It doesn't solve all the problems immediately, although sometimes it does. But actually the knowledge that I can hand this over to God and so I don't have to live with it and just hold it all the time is a big difference to me. That then leads into a conversation. Whatever it is, you know, your thing that is the most important to you, find an opportunity to say something about that. And what you'll find is again and again, people might begin to think, yeah, I need a bit of that too. So then tell your story. And then the last thing, take some risks. In some ways, the easiest way to share your faith with someone at the end of the day is simply to ask this question. Would you ever think of coming to church with me on Sunday? You can ask them to Alpha, that's great. But that's quite a big commitment, isn't it? Ten weeks. But just to come to church with me on Sunday. And many people will say, no, that's fine, that's all right. No skin off your nose or theirs. But every now and again, someone might say, oh yeah, okay, I'll give it a try. And the thing about the church, it is the place where Jesus is present. And when people come here, they might just encounter Jesus. In the fellowship of people, in the conversations, in the welcome they get, in the worship, in the reading of scripture, in the, the bread and the wine, they might just encounter Jesus. So take the risk of inviting them to something, whether it's to church or just to Alpha or whatever it might be. We're here to declare the praises of God to God in our worship, but to declare the praises of God to the world. And one of the privileges that you and I have is this privilege of sharing our faith with others, to find those simple ways of saying something about what God has done in Jesus Christ and as God has done in us to other people. And it may be that over the next few weeks, next month or so, you might want to think of one person, maybe in your family, in your street, in your workplace, that you want to start praying that those conversations might begin, that you might be able to open up that conversation, to share something of your story with them, so that they might discover for themselves the goodness of knowing Jesus. I pray that's true, that you'll have that privilege that many people around you will be touched by that same Holy Spirit that's working in you as the light of Jesus flows through you and touches many people in this neighborhood and far beyond. Amen.